Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast. I'm Tyler Huck, your host, and with me as always is my co-host, and this week, a little under the weather. Oh Chris wow, Harlan. so hold on, you're the host and I'm the co-host now. That's <laughs> how knew, you want to start, that's how you knew start was, this. I knew as soon as I said it that you were going to get angry with me. You know, I've, I've dealt with this before, and it's fine. I'm, I'm a seasoned vet when it comes to, um, to this this part of the podcast, so it's, it's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Um, but no, I seem the, worried about it. <laughs> um, no, I'm not, I'm not worried. It's, we're totally cool. Just chillaxing. It's whatever. It's all, I'm, it's all good in the hood. No, I'm excited because you're a better host than I am. And we are, we talked about switching this up last week. And since I have a tendency to, what does my mom always say? Be overbearing with my talking. I think this will be better, um, in, in the long run anyway. So that's good. Well, before we get into the show, Remember on Twitter, you can follow us at CFB underscore uncensored. Uh, go to iTunes, five-star reviews on there. We have 131 five-star reviews, which is amazing. Can you guys get us to 150? That's what we want to know. I don't think you can, brother. I'll tell you right now, if you do, I will I will get a tattoo on my face. No, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> There's like a uh, lot of empty promises I made about tattoos. I feel like my dad almost with the empty promise thing. And so now, but I'm not getting the tattoos. Hey, so like father, like son, am I right? <laughs> Um, but hey, what you will do potentially, Ooh. we've got new stickers. Yeah. And they what do you think about those? Absolutely phenomenal. They're fantastic. I appreciate that. You know, I will say it was, um, like Ali was saying this other day and I'm just going to take a second. This is not me bragging cause I'm not a graphic designer, but it's been really fun coming up with different graphic design because for the most part that what that entails is you guys see the, the end result, you don't see all the hours that go into it beforehand and not hours of, of preparation and work hours of overthinking it and redoing the most minuscule changes possible. So I was pretty puffed. Those are really well received. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So if we can get to 150 reviews, maybe we start slinging those things around. Like we're yeah. like, you know, we're out like on the Vegas strip, you know how the guys are slapping the, uh, <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Yeah. We're good guy. Yeah. Actually, there's no, always no, one guy in the group. I feel like, yeah, there's always one guy. That's like, this guy. Right. Right. And then like, or won't say it in front of the group. And if you guys yeah. have been to Vegas, I, I would love for you to identify not by name who this guy would be, because I know who exactly who it is in my, my friend group. And, and what will end up happening is you'll go to the next casino or it'll be like the end of the night and you're at a casino. And it's like, what should we do next? And people are kind of like winding down. And all of a sudden he'll pull out like a whole pamphlet of, of all these things. He's like, whoa, like he's a fucking tour guide. And it's like, no, you just, you creep. Like you, were, yeah, yeah. you were collecting those the whole time. Yeah. It's even creepier that you didn't say anything. You were just <laughs> quietly taking them from those guys. Yeah. Um, all right. On the low, so- on the low. <laughs> so I know you're a little sick today. How you feeling? I got a How migraine for the first time. Not great. It's not cool. Those those suck. Yeah, it can't be good. I'm also a little down today Jesus, after watching the Florida go. State spring game yesterday. So, uh, oh man, it's gonna we'll be a bad year. It. Another bad year. <laughs> down in Tallahassee. I didn't realize it's been five years. That's like half a decade. That's a full Olympiad. <sighs> You're just at some point you just the losing just sets in and you just get used to it. I know wow. you wouldn't understand. What a defeatist attitude. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I mean like I think I think that it's funny because we were putting together this show and we're trying to go over like different topics and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's the off season and um and admittedly we're we're like we're not gonna be doing like that many deep dives on on every spring game and all that kind of stuff, but we were trying to look at content on here and I was like, hold up. 
I know for I almost like I did this like secretly like I was the fucking creep with like the, all the the one nine hundred little pamphlets because I was like I don't see it in here and I'm gonna bring it up but why did Tyler not say anything about the FSU spring game because I saw the highlight singular yesterday of it on TV so I, I was I but it, it it reminded me of a sentence last year I said to you. I think it was right before we did our, our winning and boozing segment on, on the SCS podcast. And I said, um, I was like, Hey, like, you know, we can talk about FSU. And you're like, I've given up on the season. I'm not watching them anymore. <laughs> and I was like, what? And you're, so you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not watching Florida state anymore. It's like, it's like too unhealthy. It's a waste of time. And it was, I was like, what are you fucking talking about? But when you said I wouldn't get it, yeah. you're right. Not because Bama wins, but because I'm so irrational as a fan in general, that even when Bama was like three and nine, Every week, I was like, "We could beat, we could beat Oklahoma." Oh uh, yeah, we, we got this. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I as soon as the first bad thing happens in a game, I'm like, I, I'll just, I'm gonna go watch Bam LSU. Like, hold this on, just this will be fun. This will be a fun, <laughs> like an adventure. What is the worst take you've had about your team? Like the biggest overreaction of a take you've had? Because, because I think for me, no, since I've known you. The one that you said before the the first game of the season when y'all wore those god awful fuchsia jerseys, you're like, yeah. we never we never win in these black purple jerseys, and I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, I was like all aboard the Willie Taggart train, and I was like, I think we're gonna come out. Yeah, because this is when we what were doing sense? our old podcast, and I was like, we're gonna come out, we're gonna smoke them. We got a lot of we got a lot of um, you know swag and all this stuff, and we just got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, I think I was talking so you through really that. I was like, they can team. come back. They, I mean, because it was really like, I think it was like they were down 14-0 to start. And it, they scored. It was against Virginia Tech, right? It was like the first yeah, game of the year. Yeah. And they like scored. Wasn't un- good. No. But, but they scored like uncomfortably quick. Like. Yeah. Like a three-play drive, 80 yards. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. We, I've said this many times on the podcast, but we were swag surfing <laughs> to start the game. And I was like, this is epic. And that was the peak of the Willie Taggart era. The swag, swag surfing surf, game before one. game one. <laughs> After that, it was just all downhill. We had some uh, good times, right? <laughs> yeah, we had that one good time. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was a bad one. You know, there was a lot of hot takes flowing around in the 2014 season when we went undefeated, but literally every game we were probably down 14 to 20 points, and we had to come back and win. Um, I don't remember that. And, and every game, I was just like, well, this is it. This is the end of the 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 perfect run under Jameis. And then we'd somehow win. I'm a defeatist at heart when it comes to yeah, Florida State. Tell. Um, but yeah, didn't want to talk about the spring game because we've talked about this before, but you know, in the NFL, if you're really bad, they set you up. So, Hey, you can have the first pick. So you right. can get better quicker in college. It's a little different when you're not good <laughs> and you can't recruit better find them fucking bootstraps, boy, yeah. pull them up. After five years of being bad, the talent that I saw out on the spring, it's literally the worst that I've seen since probably the last few years of Bobby Bowden, right before Jimbo took over as head coach. I, it Is it really, like, or are you just being negative again? No, no. Like, everyone on the team, it's very small. Like, they were, you could tell they were all three-star recruits. Like, oh. it's going to be bad. Um, but, hey, Mackenzie Milton, you know, good for him. He looked good, I, I guess, as compared to the other shitty quarterbacks we have. Um <laughs> The, the Georgia transfer, uh, Jermaine Johnson, he yeah. looked like he came from Georgia because he's literally better than everybody on the defense already, and he was like <laughs> the backup at Georgia last year, so you right. can kind of tell the difference in the programs right now. Um, he was a five-star, right? He was um, out of JUCO, whatever, you know, so that It's whatever funny that, that you like recruiting. You love to talk about recruiting so much, and, and I've noticed this now 
that it's become, I think it's become a thing where I didn't notice it before, even though we've been doing this back and forth for like three and a half years off and on. Yeah. But like, if you always bring it up, like it's like a new show on Netflix or, or like, what, or like if you, if, yeah, if you, or if you've yeah. ever watched like The Office, like when Gabe would bring up like all of his weird anime shit or like Korean <laughs> stuff, because he'd be like, hey, just, I heard you guys say this. Are you guys like by any chance into this? <laughs> And it's like, yeah, we sometimes follow recruiting men. You're like, okay, so let's, let's talk about it. But it's funny that you're that you're so yeah. into recruiting because I feel like that would be the, the main, you know, the initial source of your negativity if you're yeah. Florida State. Exactly. And that's what what gives me hope for the future is that there was a hundred plus kids at the spring game uh, yeah. that were all very highly re- uh, recruited. And so I hopefully by now we're dropping bags like the rest of these uh, programs are. And we can oh, just here we go. buy them because I know that our play on the field isn't necessarily going to be enticing um but right, well, anyways that's, that's enough talk about florida state yeah, people exactly headlines around the country where we yeah, want to start around the country we'll, we'll start we'll, in athens well let's start in, in Cor- uh, corvallis because we're we're obviously an oregon state and a um uh, florida state podcast now no i'm kidding let's start in athens um and let's talk Ty- about tyke smith uh yeah. rising junior here the defensive back this is a guy that um you brought up uh a couple weeks ago not like I don't think he was a huge recruit, but as a guy you're gonna get in the transfer portal, maybe the biggest pickup in the transfer portal, like besides what the running back from Clemson that went to, to Florida, or or maybe Eric Gilbert. Like I mean, this is a huge pickup for for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, he, this guy was a third team All American last year. Um, followed his position coach. You know, Georgia uh, hired West Virginia's DB coach. Soon after this kid hit the portal, a week later he's committed to Georgia. Five foot eleven, hundred ninety five pounds, nickel corner, but Georgia. This is where Georgia got hit the most uh, yeah. after the season is is at the corner position. Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, DJ Daniel all left for the draft. Uh, both nickels left too. So Mark Webb to the draft. Tyreek yeah. Stevens transferred to Miami. Zero returning starts at corner for Georgia. Kind of need that when you're opening the season against Clemson against right. DJ. Not going to try to say his name. Um, the new quarterback for Clemson. West Virginia was actually really good on defense. Ooh, a long exactly. You got it right, brother. There you go. Um, West Virginia was actually really good on defense. I think they were the number one pass defenses when it came to yards per game last year. Yeah. This kid was the best corner on the team. 61 tackles last year in only 10 games, two picks. Uh, like I said, third team All-American. He's a rising junior. This is exactly what Georgia needed. So, right. you know, you've had the bad news on the injury front when it comes to wide receiver position with a couple guys. This is a shot in the arm for them when it comes to the cornerback position. Yeah, so and, and something, too, I think that people, like a lot of people expected, one, because Georgia recruits the shit out of this country, in not just in the transfer portal, but also in out of high school, obviously. And Kirby Smart is a hell of a recruiter. So when you sign his, his position coach, right, and bring him on to your coaching staff – I think a lot of people kind of thought it was a foregone conclusion he was going to go there, but that domino really didn't fall that early, like a lot of Georgia fans thought. And then you see stuff like last week, because I, and the only reason I know this is because I follow so many Georgia fans on Twitter, because they always keep me entertained and I love them to death. Um, <laughs> the ones that don't have me blocked. But like, um, no, like I was talking to a couple people about this, and, and, and it was funny because they had, like, I think enough time had passed where I was like, hey, they, did they get that guy? Because you heard, you heard Kirby Smart talking about this. A couple weeks ago, we talked about it on here where it was coach speak, 
but it was also like, yeah, you know, a lot of young guys back there in the secondary that struggle a lot. Keely Ringo is a guy that I think is going to be an absolute stud, former yeah. five-star. Like there were there were rumors that when he first got on campus, he was he was going to be the fastest player on the team, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously he had a, he had a bad injury his senior year going into going into Athens. But a guy that was like, by all accounts, a four-three-five guy out of high school, and that's like not like how we used to have in high school. We'd run the fifty-seven yard dash, but it was like yeah, yeah. you know this is like laser time and everything like that. So. I think it's a huge pickup just from the, the, the point of you're right. They lost a lot of people there. I, I'm not worried about that position and I'm not worried about that defense as long as Kirby smart is, is handling all that. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, this is a defense that you look at now, you say what you want about what stats matter and what stats don't and how much they matter and how much they don't. Right. Georgia's pass defense. This is strictly yards per game allowed last year. Georgia's pass defense last year. Where do you think it ranked off of that defense? I'm going to guess it wasn't as good as I would guess. So maybe 50th. 88th. Wow. In total yards per game. And now listen, that was also a defense that was ravaged with injuries, right? But then mm-hmm. you start looking at other stuff like, all right, completion percentage, opposing quarterback completion percentage, 65.7%, which ranked 109th in the country. Richard LeCount being out for a lot of the season, that is, that is you know, obviously troublesome. But you mm-hmm. still had talent all over the field. And, and I think that there's a lot of reasons why that happened. And again, not concerned with those numbers, mainly because we've moved on to a new year and those guys, a lot of those guys are gone. So if you want to look at it that way, where it's difficult to replace them, sure. But you could also say like, hey, that whole group that underachieved last year with with these numbers is also gone. So I, I think this is a huge pickup regardless um, for Georgia. Uh, you know, like you said, third team All-American. And I don't know, did you watch that team play last year, West Virginia? West Virginia? Sparingly. If you were like honest. me... <laughs> and you watch them play as like a, I don't want to say avid football fan, avid gambler. gambler yeah. So, so. <laughs> football fan. What was their ATS? <laughs> so, right. But like, but like that, they were one of the top defenses in the country. And that's nothing, mm-hmm. that's like something we don't ever think about with West Virginia because, you know, when you think about like cliche stereotypical stuff of West Virginia, it's like we, people still are on the Pat White train. It's like, well, you know, they're spread off and they put up these mm-hmm. kind of numbers and, Clint Trickett and all that kind of shit. But like, I think, I think with a who I know broomstick you trick, broomstick trick. I don't know what that means, but um, I don't think skinny is a broomstick. Oh, okay. I thought it was something different because my mind works bad. Um, so anyway, I, I, but like that defense, you said they were pretty good on defense. They were not pretty good. They were, they were a top 10 defense easy in the country. And yeah, if you watch were... that, that bowl game, my God, if you, it took me like nine games into the year to find, finally bet the under, but I, but I did it and it worked. Well, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good accomplishment if you're playing the Big 12 and you have the number one pass rated defense. Right. That's all they do in the Big 12. So, you know, not only do you get this guy who's talented, but he's got game experience. He's put, he started 22 games in the last mm-hmm. two years. So this is exactly what Georgia needed going into that first game against Clemson and then throughout the season, obviously. Right. Um, let's take it down to the lazy Justin Fields take that so, you were a part of recently. <laughs> what did I do? You just I told was me not about a part it. of that. You just, told me about it. you just told me about it. Okay. So this, this is something I think that was, it was kind of interesting because um, it, this is like week two of like, I feel like I'm like, what's his name on Anchorman? He's like Panda watch, like <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields draft watch. Yeah. So th- there was like a story that came out and Dan Orlovsky said it. And, th- and then it became it because of how everything is shaped now in 2021. This is not getting political or whatever this there's, Parts of this that are very true and are very prevalent in today's society, but we're not going to get into that today. 
but it became almost like like a there's like racial undertones to it because what what came out was this story that Justin Fields is lazy, right? And and there's there was a quote from one person that said to Dan Orlovsky, and then Dan Orlovsky said it on air. Dan Orlovsky got all over his ass about that. Did good, you see that? but see, <laughs> and here's the thing though, and I I don't want to hate on Dan Orlovsky because that's killing the messenger, right? Like yeah, like. Right. like Dan Orlovsky didn't say, here's my take on Justin Fields. I'm around the program every day. And what I was told was, the, and the comment was, he's the last one to, to arrive and the first to leave, which, as yeah. you know, from the, the, the age old yeah. adage, which is like, right. he's the he's the first to arrive and the last to leave. Mm-hmm. There was a, I forgot who it was. There's was a former NFL player that, um, I forgot who he was talking to even, but he was doing an interview last week talking about it. And he was like, I hate that saying because, the, the first to arrive and the last to leave is the fucking janitor. Like, so this is a stupid thing. But, um, but you know, I, I think that there are people, um, there's people that have, or I guess the one person who brought up this take, and this is something he heard and reported to Dan Orlovsky. What bothers me about this more than anything is that it, it did take on a whole thing with, which in a lot of parts is fair and and very true, which are African-American quarterbacks do get unfairly judged or put into this like, you know, stereotype. We always make fun of the white receiver thing, right? Yeah, right. Is that it's a black quarterback. So they're, they're, they're athletes, they're dual threat. And there mm-hmm. was, there was one a couple of years ago that I was like, this could not be a worse job of profiling. Cause it was a guy that was like, I don't know, 250. <laughs> he was like, he was like a big quarterback. They're like dual threat. And it's like, no, the no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so ridiculous. So, I understand from that standpoint, the frustration that would come from not just that community, but also like the the supporters of Justin Fields, because it's an unfair take. And again, it's one person, but what do we see every single year, Tyler, from like, from, from like right before the draft is smoke screens that people throw out just to throw out Mm -hmm. so they can get people off the, like, you know, a guy that they want to get or make people start second guessing, like, you know, should we should we be drafting this guy this high, or that's and that's a guy that they like, or saying that they really like a certain player that they don't like, so other people want to take him. Right. I don't know what the origin of this this comment was, but I do know it was from one person, and and, and how we don't know who that person is, I don't think we know, mm-hmm. is is mind blowing. So I I just I thought that was as much as I wanted to defend Mac Jones and the Mac Jones with Justin Fields thing last week. I thought this was so ridiculous that it, it caught so much airways because. I mean, why? Yeah, it's tough. And and I think if you're Orlovsky, I mean, look, you're not a bad guy. I think he's kind of newer to the scene of being like <laughs> one of the top guys at ESPN, you know, right. as far as the NFL draft. And I feel you got to be kind of careful throwing that out there because yeah, he, that could totally disparage the kids' chances of being drafted high. I mean, so. But but see, um, why though? Like, and you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm saying like, why? That's such an odd thing where it's like, if he's reporting it from one guy and you know, they're going to do their homework. And then sure. Ryan day comes to his defense. You said Herb street kind of ripped Orlovsky mm-hmm. a new one. And, and I, you know, listen, I'm not a big J journalist as comes to a surprise for a lot of you. Um, but like, I don't know. Do you not report it? Like, what do you, like, what, what do you say? Well, I, so obviously we don't know the backstory and maybe he did do his homework, but I, you gotta be careful when you've heard from one person, this right. one opinion. I mean, maybe if it's being widely talked about in the Ohio State locker room and behind the scenes, maybe that's okay. But when you've got people involved with Ohio State that are so quick to defend and say this is totally wrong, right? I just think it's a little—you just got to be careful reporting that kind of stuff, you know, because it gets out there quickly. Obviously, as we've seen, I think it took bigger legs when Herb Street went after him because they both work for the same company. It's kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah it's, it should it's be always weird when that happens. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's take it down to our new favorite fans in the in the. Uh... <laughs> Hold on, I do want to say one one more thing about this thing with uh with um Justin Fields and, and then like I hate to say this because I I like ESPN I still watch it every day but the morning shows on ESPN are kind of shit and yeah. and I like I always I always hate watching them and I get sucked in because it's like I, I can't like I'll listen to SEC this morning almost every morning but like on on Sirius but if I'm watching TV or something's in the background. I, I used to get so mad. It's like, Jesus Christ, all they talk about is Dak Prescott and like in restructuring mm-hmm. his deal or LeBron James. Can the Lakers do this and that? Cowboys, Lakers, Cowboys, Lakers. Yep. Maybe this is a, a sign from God for you guys to not go against <laughs> your bread and butter and only talk about those two things from now on because it did not go well. Let's go talk about yeah. our new best friends, though. Yeah. So, uh, in a total change of events, <laughs> talk about a 180 for Chris here. Um, his new favorite fan base slash old least favorite fan base the ucf knights what happened this, this so week? this has been in the works for like a while and and you guys are you guys are gonna hate this and i like i, I want to like reiterate despite I feel how like we've fans said, of the sh- i feel like fans of the show have been on your side about this right like and they're eh. gonna be surprised to hear that you have now turned oh to the other my, side like been on my side to, to hate them yeah without a doubt yeah and, yeah. and, and i drove a lot of that for this yeah. company <laughs> right. I'll, like, I'll admit it like i, I remember I remember, so, like, there's a few times I've hated a fan base more than, than UCF. And part of it's because I remember I tweeted something that got, this is when I first started with, with SDS, but I was also still bartending at the Omni downtown in Atlanta. And I went to my job there, which involved Crocs and oversized, like, linen shirt, right? And so I'm, I'm like, going on my break, which meant, like, I'm going to go to the food court and overeat Chick-fil-A. And as I'm going to the, the food court, I'm like, why do I have 67 notifications from Twitter? Because at the time I had like 1,200 followers and and it, it was UCF. They got a hold of me and then just ripped me to shreds. Yeah. Stuff about like my looks, which at the time <laughs> I didn't think I was that bad looking, but I didn't have a beard. So maybe that's what it was. Um, <laughs> no, they like just ripped me to shreds. Right. And, and so and then the whole national championship thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way because after a while I just kept thinking like, surely this is not. Surely they don't believe that. And then and then they did. But. And so then, like, I remember the the, the Fiesta Bowl when LSU played them. <laughs> I've I've rarely enjoyed a loss more for a fan base I had nothing to do with. Like, I was giddy when when that when that was happening. And my boss, my boss Kevin Duffy, shout out to him, finally had to take over Twitter and was like, "All right, <laughs> like, why don't you ease up, Chris? Like, why don't you ease off a little bit?" Because I was just like so merciless, and I had, dude, I had memes for days that I had ready to go. Like, I mean, just all sorts <laughs> of shit. But, but so what I've noticed about them over the last couple of years, and and they've they've kind of become more humble, and I've I've got to know a couple of their fans. This happened. This started when we started doing the worst fan base ever, right? And I put UCF as a one seed. This is like in our little bracket that we did during March Madness, and I put them as a one seed only because I knew SEC fans hated them for all the reasons I listed before there's not a, like been a more fun and likable fan base, especially in the off season than the UCF has. And I mean, more than Bama. I mean, like as, as a fan, like anyone, because they are as passionate as sec fans. It's crazy, but they're able to laugh at themselves, which is something sec fans are not able to do. I feel like that took some time though. Back in Me what describing was that, 20, it, 20, no, no, well, that too. Yeah, my uh, back in 2017 when they went undefeated, I don't, I don't, I feel like they took the laughs as disrespect. And now they kind of, now that they've come back to earth a little bit, they went six and four. To, 
it's easy to laugh at yourself. Yeah. But trust me, I get it. Man, my team won three three games last year. So well, they invited us down to yeah. go to a game, and we're gonna have to do that. I so I think we're gonna have to. And I'm not trying to like stand up for UCF for all and. and you know, their new coach was like one of my mortal enemies for a while. But like, you know, I, I think it is kind of funny to watch them. Like, it, it's funny to watch them. And I'm going to use these two teams as an example. But Florida and Georgia fans just don't stop going at each other. And UCF kind of just takes it from it. Like, they, they, their Twitter presence is astonishing. Like, they, they will go after anyone, right? <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but, then, but then afterwards, after you realize it's kind of a joke... It, you know, and there's, there's still, I'm sure there's bad apples. Like there was one guy, I, I, I made this comment the other day because there was a UCF fan in our neighborhood. And for some reason I blurted out, go Knights. And I do this with all teams, like, especially in football season, I get so excited about football that I'm like, Hey, like go blue and see like a Michigan fan or, you know, like even Ohio state sometimes, sometimes. But when I said that there was like one guy, that's like, who the fuck cares who invited you to be our fan? And I was like, okay, well, there, there we go. So maybe we won't visit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, if you're out there, UCF fans, and you're listening to this podcast, Hey, come, come have us at your tailgate. Get us yeah. a ticket. All right. You guys have a big games, Boise state. I think they open. We're not going to that. Cause Bama nah. plays Miami the first week. Yeah. And I can't go anyways, <laughs> but um, yeah, you're having a baby or whatever, but uh, okay. So let's talk SEC stuff. We, yes. we got off track, which is my fault. Should we go to uh, Auburn first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So this guy's a fan favorite here. You're going to have to pronounce his name because I'm probably going to botch it. JJ Pegasus. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that should just be our thing that we just never say names right. That's Except for when we interview them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So JJ Pegasus, former Pigweeds. tight end for yeah. the Auburn Tigers. What's going on with him with uh, Coach, Coach Harson? So this came out this week where, like, I think that Brian Harson's in a situation at Auburn where he is going to be second-guessed no matter what he does, right? Like, just, just the nature of fans in the SEC in general. Um, but, you know, Brian Harson's in a situation where he's new. He's new to the region, and he's new at his job, so he's going to be second-guessed no matter what. He moved J.J. Peguis, I think that's how you say it, um, J.J. Pegasus, to, <laughs> to from tight end, slash who was also – like, I don't like tight end H back quarterback in a wildcat situation. Dude was, he's a 300 pound athlete. Okay. Like he should have made our fathlete list that we, it's a glaring oversight when we did yeah. it on our first episode ever. But so he, he was moved to defensive end. And, and so when I was trying to make sense of this, because listen, you lose big cat, Brian, you lost all sorts of talent two years ago with Marlon Davidson leaving. And um, I'm forgetting his name now. I don't know how number five, he was, it was a top 10 draft pick with Carolina Panthers. Um, Derek Derek Brown. Brown. Yeah. So you lose a lot of talent and and you need like, listen, everyone knows that games in the sec are won and lost in the trenches as cliche as that sounds. It's true. And and, you know, offensive line, defensive line, it it really sticks out when you are not only experienced, but also talented on those, those uh, fronts. I'm sure that he could be used and will be good at that position. But Jesus, Brian Harson, you just took away so many fat guy touchdown celebrations, so many awesome like goal line situations where maybe he'll still be involved. And damn it, he better be. But I, I was just disappointed because it's like, you know, listen, I don't think Bo Nix is that great. I'm not saying he could start a quarterback, but I'm just saying times could be tough. You never know. It might be a possibility. And now you've, you've robbed us of that. So this guy 
actually ran the ball in high school. I was looking yeah. up, you know, he, 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 he didn't play much defense in high school, so this is going to be a new thing, but didn't very strong many- guy, very quick twitch. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he had his senior year, he had 623 rushing yards, 607 receiving yards, and 18 touchdowns. Shout out to every single defensive back that he had to play against. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. if you're ever in Atlanta, we'll buy you a beer and, and massage your shoulders because that sounds like a fucking nightmare at 17 years old. But we need receipts, all right? You can't just <laughs> that kind of get some. <laughs> um, all right, moving on from that. Um, yeah, so Bama scrimmages. There's a bunch of scrimmages next week in the SEC, well, they're including Bama. Spring next games. Week. Spring games. That's what I what did I say? Practice scrimmages like an asshole. Yeah, cool. Um, um that down here, brother. But but Bama's been scrimmaging leading up to the spring game here, and uh, you threw this in the in the. I'm gonna just call you out. You threw it in. Yeah, I, so I'll, I'll say it. Um, okay, so so I, this is a question I want to ask you, and I also wanted to hear. Maybe this will be something we can discuss in the in the Facebook group this week too, because um, we always love hearing y'all's feedback. This is something that like Nick Saban was pretty adamant about a couple weeks ago, right? And just here, to clarify what, we, what I put in here, Bama had their second scrimmage. Bryce Young, former five-star, one of the, the, the highest-rated quarterback recruit Bama's ever had, even more than Tua. Um, he is, all by all means, going to be your first-string quarterback, right? And so one thing they were saying was, last week they had Paul Tyson second string go up against the first-string defense. The first-string defense has been lights out, like, Really, really good. Secondary has been good, but the defensive line, especially Will Anderson, number 31 is a freshman last year. And then Chris Allen, a guy who spells his name with a K, uh, which is not great. Oh, so the guy that won American Idol. No, not, no, that guy, live like you were dying guy, Chris yeah. Allen. I Chris used to have that on iTunes. <laughs> he spelled it with a K too. <laughs> well, so as, as most of you guys know, if you ever followed me before, um, like Chris with a K is definitely an Auburn move. Like, like spelling any name with a C. With a K, like I just assume you play it all. Wanna live like we're dying. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, that's a good song. That's not an open. Kyler has a guitar, and I want you to. I want everyone to hear this. This is not an invitation for you to ever bring out the guitar. Okay. If we ever do like a live podcast, like which would be a lot of fun with our audience, but I swear to God, if you come out with like a guitar and you're like, guy, real quick, man, just want to talk about one of my passions. Yeah. Here's Wonderwall. Hit um, right, hit right. <laughs> that could be some theme song. God, yeah. We're so bad at podcasting. We're just, just just dancing as far away from the topic as possible. Anyway, so Chris Allen and 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 Will Anderson have been like just nightmares off the edge. And so what's what's brought about is this question of, and they keep comparing it to the 2016 team. This Bama defense could be as good as the 2016 team. I've seen that, I've seen that comparison multiple times now. I've said multiple times that 2016 Alabama team is the best team I've ever seen in, in, in my lifetime. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't done enough thinking to see if it, see how I'd feel about it compared to last year's team, but they had a defense that was ranked number one in the country in almost everything. They scored like eight games where they had a non-offensive touchdown. If that's what you're comparing it to, I just have a hard time believing we're going to ever see defenses like that consistently again, because just with the offensive. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I want to get your take on was, like, do you think that we're going to see that level of defense like ever again? And I'm not just saying 2016 Bama, but I mean like that kind of defense where you're you're just absolutely no. dominant against now, right? No, I just I feel like the rules have changed a lot. You know, they're not they don't call the offensive linemen downfield, so it it, it lends its hand to these RPOs that are very very difficult to defend. Um, the the pass interference, especially in the NFL, is just ridiculous. Jesus. It's like you can't touch a receiver, so. No. 
Um, no, I don't. Um, but did you see that interview recently with Saban where he was like t- calling people that that were like the devil for like running like RPOs? Like, it was, the, it was he funny. Like, he broke that. he broke character. Like it was like all of a sudden it was funny. I've been telling y'all for a long time, just with like my little uh, behind the scenes look into some of some of his stuff, just being friends with Kristen. Um, he's a funny dude. Yeah. But but like, and she even said, probably I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but um, but like he, he made a comment about like they're like the devil, or he's like, Y'all are the devil. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, do you remember when Dabo Swinney said the thing about like Dabo bin Laden? And I was like, you can't say that. And, and I I honestly wonder, like, because I know that I, I'm like biased in some ways with that, like where I wasn't offended, but I, I I'm surprised that more people weren't offended. Saban can do no wrong, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, let's switch it over to baseball. Because <laughs> we're in the thick of baseball season. This year's going to be a little weird. They just came out recently and said that there's not going to be the traditional, like, when you get to the actual tournament, there's not going to be host sites. Like, There will be. but There not. will be, but they're not, like, traditional. Like, you got to, there's going to be chosen places ahead of time. You can um, apply for it. <laughs> that's, that's so, so weird. fucking weird right like that's yeah. just such an ncaa move to be like you gotta make sure your applications are in for the deadline like why just just tell us where <laughs> we need to go right but south carolina had a an interesting um move recently so this has been going on for a minute and in south carolina fans i would love to hear y'all's response to this because you know <laughs> this is like this is something that um that's been going on for several weeks now. And I talked to my buddy, I, I call him the bearded tomato because of a, he got a bad sunburn one time when he made an ass of himself as a South Carolina fan. Uh, his name's Chris Phillips. And he has a, he's a show called the, the Spurs up show um, covers all South Carolina athletics. Right. Um, good buddy of mine. Good guy. Just puts out a shit ton of content, but I've been, fo- I follow along some of their stuff because of him. And then just noticing some other South Carolina fans in general on, on social media, but they they've been getting into they've had issues with Ray Tanner, who's a former baseball coach and now the AD. And a lot of people have been frustrated with him in general because they took forever to get Muschamp out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and people still a lot of people, things that I've heard from close to the program, uh, they still kind of forced his hand after all of the, the time it took to get Muschamp out. Then the stuff with Frank Martin, like you wait like a full month before you announce you're, you're keeping him kind of seemed odd. But then the baseball program, which has been like your pride and joy besides women's basketball, like as a whole, but also in the last decade, right? Like yeah. you've won two national championships. I believe you won them back to back years. You almost got a third one, but you lost Florida, I believe. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, but, but, but basically they've had, they have founders park, which is, if you see the facility, it's like a minor league baseball park. It's fucking beautiful. And it, it's kind of what has caused this arms race around the sec for everyone to kind of, try to catch up to what they, their kind of facilities. They kicked out 18 students on Saturdays at Saturday's game, 18 against Missouri. What were they, what were they doing? I, they're showing their <laughs> private parts. No, it was, it was like, it was like, no, it, it, it was like, <laughs> they just can't do that on an airplane. <laughs> um, no. So it's this whole thing where, where like they got in trouble after the Florida game because they 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 swept Florida when Florida was in the top five and and it was this whole thing where like you're you're not showing good sportsmanship and and like the players from Florida were chirping at them first and then complaining to like the umpires and blah blah and so so then there there started to become this thing where they would show up to games and they started to threaten to take their tickets away like you weren't allowed to sit close if you were a student 
and you had this like even further scaled back section of seats because they were worried about like the sportsmanship of founders park and them chanting like, you know, and talking shit to the other team or the umpires. I've, I, dude, this is on a much smaller scale. I remember going to play Albany state in baseball my senior year and them surrounding our, our sophomore year, them surrounding our fucking bus and like shaking it, talking shit back and forth. And it was like, and we get, went out there and put up like a 24 spot on them and then fucking left Albany with, you know, our heads held high. This, this is crazy that you're kicking out 18 kids, students yeah. that are there to support your team. Right. During, during the pandemic when it's not sold out or any of that kind of stuff. And this is they're they're ranked in the top 15 in the country. Right. I, I don't understand. Ray Tanner, if you're listening, which I know you're not, what the no, fuck he, are you doing? I, like, <laughs> okay. Ray saddle <laughs> up partner. No, but I mean like what, what the fuck are you doing? And so he puts out this thing today. And I, of course, since you know, I'm not a real journalist, I did not have this prepared or in the notes. Um, but so you know he, what? When you can hear the typing, it's, you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. You know this man is doing some research. <laughs> yeah, and did it beforehand too, um, not just in the moment. So, <laughs> so Ray Tanner put out this, and my favorite part is that this is a hundred percent like a, a real graphic that was made. Like it has like a background. It's got it, it, like a, a filter over it. It says, "I've had a discussion with my staff." Everyone understands that we want Founders Park to have a home field advantage with a family atmosphere. Nobody will be removed for appropriate heckling. In parentheses, don't get profane slash vulgar. Let's have some fun tomorrow and win the series over Mizzou. Oh, my God. That is like, I'm all for keeping things family friendly and, and like maybe putting the student section like the way they do it in most, I think most places. Stick them out in right field where they can drink and have yep. fun. Usually it's free. But like, put them out there away from families. I, I don't know what else you want to say. Like, like create an atmosphere. <laughs> this is my buddy Chris Phillips said it best. If you have other teams coming in here and, and you're trying to win the SEC, fuck them. Like, yeah. like go out there and win. Who cares about like, like kids hearing like bad bad words for the first time? And this is probably the wrong podcast to have that on because like I, yeah. you know you know where I stand on that. But right. I don't know your thoughts. Well, I said this last week. I, I'm not a fan of sportsmanship um right. in college especially i mean look to a certain extent you can't just say whatever you want but i mean you want the opposing team to feel uncomfortable when they're out on the field you want right. to have a home field advantage a healthy and, fear exactly they should be fearing their lives when they're out there uh <laughs> so no it's just ridiculous. i mean especially when you try to tell college kids to do something they're just going to do whatever you're telling them not to do even more so right uh it's just stupid and just you know you should understand kind of like read the room a little bit like guys please everyone calm yourselves okay i mean look it's cool. just uh yeah the the and the thing about that is too is that like i guarantee ray tanner was the head coach there when they won these championships and and i guarantee you if it's like if, if he's the head coach and it's you know like I don't know. You're in the regionals. You're lucky enough to get one of the host sites that the incentive LA is, you know, they're just fucking taking payments under the table. That has to be what they're doing. Yeah. It just guaranteed. Yeah. But like, if you're one of the host sites and you're it's, it's the bottom of the ninth and you're up one and they got the bases loaded, I guarantee fucking to you, you don't want your fans to be saying like, everyone do their best. Yeah. Everyone, like, and then if you get, if you give up a game winning hit being like, Hey, you know what? That's okay. Batter. Good job. Like, no, no one's doing no. that. No. 
Good move, Ray. You know what? More like spray tan, all right? Because this guy stinks. That's that's a lot. You ever been? Say. You ever smelled spray tan? It doesn't smell good. I thought you meant like like spray from like a skunk. No, like the actual oh, like spray, spray tan. tan. Yeah. Smell, yeah. That's spray a nice little joke. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> um, I was thinking about it the whole time as you're talking. What could I say about his name? And that was it. That's what I do. Is I, I just I'm very long winded, so I give you enough time. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. close out uncensored moment of the week. This is all you, brother. Wait a second. Before we get to the uncensored moment of the week. Okay, we're going to do that last. All right, cool. Then let's do the uncensored moment of the week. This was incredible. I sent you this midweek. You already knew about it. Um, A USC man. Now, I say that in quotation marks because he was actually a homeless man, not involved with USC at all. Uh, He was USC unknowingly allowed this man into their football program. And when I say they had just allowed him into the football program, he was in the jacuzzi along with other football players. Sorry, what? He was allowed meals at the football facility. He was um, sleeping in a suite. Wait, how long? (laughs) He was even issued a team uniform. This guy has has it all figured out, all right? (laughs) The only way they caught him is he was actually out on the field attempting to field punts. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Here's what I don't get. And clearly, (laughs) as I've always said, if there's one thing I know for a fact I couldn't do, it would be return punts. <laughs> yeah, when that ball everyone. Air, yeah, exactly. It'd be terrifying. Um, so, what a level of confidence I wish I had. I mean, I guess. I mean, look, I'm not trying to be disparaging, but I guess if you're homeless, there's not really much to lose. I mean, no, it's this what's is the worst that's happened. He should get. He should honestly get a scholarship. <laughs> right at this point, like I mean, like he, like you know, this would be. I mean, like Tom Rinaldi's now with Fox. But whoever does the fucking sob stories now on game day next year, this would be at the top of the list because it's like we gave this guy a new new life. Like, but also it, this is this is bad. I used to do a joke about this and how I always wanted to get skinny and tan as a homeless person. This is this is listen. This is like ten years ago when I made this joke, so it's not a good joke. I understand how insensitive that is. <laughs> um, but at the same time. <laughs> Like all I can think of, I'm gonna say it. Um, no, but but all I can think about when I hear that this homeless guy, I don't know what he looks like, is is the the caddy from Happy Gilmore. Like this guy, oh, was, Will Zalatoris? No, yeah, not that guy. But like <laughs> like like what's his name? Um, who's like his actual caddy? Like with like the beard and everything like that. Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy was allowed jacuzzi access, and I don't know why he left the jacuzzi. Like first off. But they gave him a whole ass. They gave him a whole ass new life, and then he was like, "I'm gonna return punts." Like, good for you, dude. I want that. Okay. What did see I say? How long about the... you can take it? See yeah, how long you can take it, dude. I, I'm telling you, we said this a while back, and I got in huge trouble for it. But I'll say, I'll say it. The Baker Mayfield thing when he tried to run from the cops. Yeah, that's the kind of confidence rating. I want in a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I want a 99 elusiveness rating and, a, and confidence through the roof. Um, <laughs> What does that say about not only obviously USC security team, but Clay Helton? Like, bro, we got like, what kind of program are you running that no one knew that this guy wasn't on the team until literally he was fielding punts in practice? And they're like, this guy doesn't seem the best thing was there was a quote from a, a you know, a guy, not even a be, staff member, didn't want to be named a security a, guy, a, a, a security guy. He said, well, he's pretty young looking and could pass as a college student. He's about 5'10", but I heard he wore number 87 at practice. The guy who normally wears 87 6'4", so that was a giveaway. It's like, that was the only giveaway? So, this has I have so many questions still, because I'm like, 
did you give him the 6487s jerseys? Because one, you're swimming in it. And two, <laughs> what is that? Did that guy just like he's like, listen, I gotta go somewhere. Take is this like a Zach Moore situation where he's like, take over for me. Wear this, <laughs> wear this wig, you're good to go, brother. Uh, but like the PR team, the PR team for for USC, this is so fucking bad. Because like all you had to do is basically say, Listen, we knew. We knew the whole time. Yeah. We wanted to give, to give this guy, guy a shot. Yeah. yeah. But instead, you allowed yourself to become the butt of the joke across the country in a year where you're on the hot seat, Clay Helton. Yeah. That ain't good, man. It's a tough look. So, uh, hey, shout out to that homeless guy. Hopefully, we get a story behind him. Hopefully, they took care of him somehow. Like, you should get him on the pod. Yes, we should. Could be tough. Um, all right. So, that's our uncensored moment of the week. We're going to close the podcast with a phenomenal interview. Chris, yeah. I'll let you uh, introduce these guys. Yeah, so um, we did an interview with a, a podcast crew, I guess, um, called the College Chaps Podcast. You guys have probably heard me talk about it before. If you follow me on social media, you've seen me retweet them. Great dudes, really fun, funny, uh, and really know their shit, too. Uh, but they are, by all means, if you could have guessed from the name, they're huge college football fans, and they run a college football podcast from overseas in yeah. – in Europe, <laughs> in I guess the is it all the UK? Yeah, so you got George who is Scottish, right? Ollie who's lives in the UK, he's like the middle of England, and then Alex who is a volleyball coach in London, right? Which like that, I almost don't want to describe him as that because he does. They all know their actual shit. Oh, like they, oh they, yeah, they really do know football. And then and if you look at their podcast, I remember they asked me to be on their podcast, and I was like, oh yeah, that could be fun. That sounds great. And then I started looking at it beforehand and seeing the other guests they had on, and it was like the actual Vern Lundquist. I know. I, I, saw he, I saw he was the the uh, the guest before you. I was like, oh, that's yeah. tough to follow up. <laughs> Vern Funquist. Like, yeah. Vern Lundquist. Now we've got Vern Funquist. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, so, they, but Peter Burns was just on it. Uh, Laura Rutledge has been on it. Our friend Paige from uh, from Bleach Report, Paige Kuhn, um, and, and some other people like that. So it's been like. I mean, like a lot of big names. I, I want to say they've had Reese Davis on and, and like several guys from uh, from College Game Day. It's been really impressive. Uh, so we had a great interview with them. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and that'll be all for this week after that. And so we will we will catch you next time. Yeah, well, I had, a, I had a good time catching up with these guys. Um, my favorite question I asked was if they were a college football recruit, yeah. what, were, what would be their five official visits they would take? Because that's always a fun conversation a lot of people talk about with college football. Pretty interesting answers from some of those guys. Different than I, I thought. Admit, sure. yeah, very different than I thought. So they're funny. They know their shit. Hey, one of those guys is a Texas fan, and he absolutely <laughs> hates Texas A&M. Yeah. In the, in the 20 minutes we talked to them, I could tell that. So they have passion for college football. It's yeah. unbelievable. College Chefs Podcast. The three guys from that is in our interview. Um, thanks for listening this week. Like we always say, five stars on iTunes. Yeah. Go follow us at CFB underscore uncensored on twitter and until next week r.i.p dmx that's chris yeah r.i.p dmx later all right we are now joined by um what's honestly my favorite podcast which i probably should not be promoting on my own fucking podcast but i'm going to because it's that good it's the guys from the college chaps podcast um i'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves because I'm, i've never done an interview with uh five people and i'm in over my head so you guys however you would like to start Oh, we start how we normally start, will we? Um, I, I, I'm George. Um, I'm Scottish, um, and uh, I'm the most northerly member of the of the college chap. So if we start working away down the UK, then then Ollie can take over. There you go. 
Yeah, so just a few hours south of uh, fair Scotland where George is, you'll find me bang in the middle of England, um, about, as, about as middle as you can get. Let's okay. put it that way. Where You're looking at a map of England, stick a pin in the middle of it, that's where you'll find me. And then a little bit further down from me is where you'll find Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm in London, the, you know, the only place in England that you've all ever heard of. Oh, um, rude! <laughs> So yeah, and uh, well, my favourite thing to do when I'm not watching football is to go on Twitter and call out politicians for being stupid. It's fun. Yeah, you do that a lot. And actually, like I just that's why I, I think I texted or tweeted you this week earlier. I was like, I, I like you more and more as the days go by because you were we, we were agreeing on something this week via politics. But um, and I probably should have prefaced, prefaced this with uh, so um, they ain't from here. They all live overseas, um, which I know is going to be, uh, you know, surprise to a lot of y'all. So I, in the background of this is I did. And also, let me apologize for the fact that I am the only asshole here that would have somehow planned this interview to be like at the exact same time as the 18th hole of the Masters. I yep. can't Thanks, apologize Chris. enough. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. I've, I've got it on here, but thank you. That's my bad. Um, no, so I, I did y'all's podcast in December. And it was like the most uplifting. It was fun. It was like, it was fun to talk to people that actually liked football and it wasn't just about like their takes or anything like that. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, and you guys actually knew your shit, which as ignorant as I, I can be, I was like, I was pretty surprised when we first <laughs> talked. And like, and I, I think also Tyler, I haven't told you this, but um, what I took away from that, like that interview the most was, you know, you have those moments when you were like in high school or middle school where you did something stupid and awkward and then for whatever reason just stays in your head forever. The first thing out of my fucking mouth during that interview was, hey, do you guys sound like the guys from Big Country? The song Big Country. And I think about that once a day and it's ruined my life. Incredible. Oh. What actually got you guys into college football? You know, being overseas, I, I feel like college football is not a huge international sport. Well it's, well, it's growing. It's growing very quickly uh, on the back of NFL in the UK. You, you, you probably know that NFL comes across here and plays uh, four regular season games um, every year, apart from last year and maybe this year coming. Um, and uh, I, I think there is a there is a logical spin-off from that, that once people you know get to the point where you know they, they, they see what, what the NFL is, that they start looking for other things as, as well as the Canadian football league is, is, is big over here also, but, but college is really building um, a lot of interest. Uh, we've seen it. We, we've been doing this guys for over two years now, I think. Um, and um, in that time we've gone from, you know, three guys just chatting to anybody, you, you know, now we, now the guests we have on the podcast are, are incredible, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and uh, and just the, uh, I mean, Chris, for example, is a remarkable guest. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, you know, it just uh, it's just snowballing, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. How long have you guys actually been into the sport? It, just in the two years you've been doing the podcast, or you guys been fans for a while? Oh, I mean, George, you've been a fan for absolute donkey's years, haven't you? But um. Yeah, I'm probably the the newest fan out of the three. Uh, my background's more more in volleyball, and where I'm a coach out over here in the UK, and that's how I got into college football because I watched a lot of NCAA volleyball, and then decided to give and football a go as well. Uh, um, but yeah, since since NCAA 15, really, the game came out. <laughs> that's it for me. Yeah, there you go. Ollie, what about you, man? 
So, I mean, similar to like George said, with a lot of people in this country, you start off watching the NFL. The NFL's become steadily more popular. And, and I, I started playing, so my brother got me into American football, uh, playing Madden and watching some, some games probably about, I don't know, eight, eight, nine years ago. And then just one New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, um, a, a family party. They had got a BT Sport. We didn't have it at home. And obviously, BT Sport in this country carry college football. Oh. And we just turned the game. It was like one o'clock in the morning, turned the game on. I think it was like Boise State playing in a New Year's Six bowl game. And okay. um, for me, it was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe there was this amount of people watching college sport. It just, it completely blew my mind. And and like I, I say it now to people who are trying to explain college football to them and there's just no equivalent in this country. So it's so hard to like to sum up the, the passion of the game and, and describe it to people in this country. But it's just, you know, this time of year we get with the NFL draft, you get lost in in what college football is to a lot of people. It's a pipeline to the NFL. But we've we've said it before on our on our podcast, it's so much more than that. It's, it's pride, it's passion. You guys, you know, you big down south, the, what the SEC means to people down there. It's, you can't put that into words and sum that up for people in this country really quite enough. But I, I, I think we all, we all now would quite happily say we'd rather sit and watch college football on a Saturday afternoon than watch the NFL on a Sunday. No doubt. Yeah, I, so I watched Ted Lasso to prepare for this interview. Um, so I, I knew a little bit. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But like, I, I think it's such a good, good point because I think there's so many few things, the comparisons like with sports that you can, you can honestly say like, Hey, this is a lot like how college football is. And I, I remember going to Fenway Park in like 1997 and watching like Pedro pitch, right? Like, and it was like, holy shit, like this is baseball, which is the most, I played it my whole life. It's the most boring sport in, in the world, right? But like everyone's glued in every single pitch. And that's kind of what you have with, with college football. And then also like, you know, like, like I'm going to sound like an asshole again, George, but soccer over like what we call over here in comparison to you guys. But you guys have really ramped up this is, I feel like this is probably like the peak busy time for y'all. It's, it's after 12 o'clock midnight on a Sunday night where you guys are right now. And you guys are talking about the draft and you brought up the fact that, you know, it, it like, that's not the only thing that means a college football, but you can kind of see on social media, especially the arguments that people are making for different draft prospects seems to be rooted in fandom. Right. And, and you guys, I don't know who wants to take this question, but I think the biggest one we saw this week was Mac Jones versus, versus Justin Fields. And we talked about it last week. Diehard Bama fan, I would take Justin Fields over Mac Jones. Is that crazy? Is that dumb? Like you, you guys tell me. You're, you're uh, better placed to answer that, Wally. <clears throat> uh, no, I so, said uh, Justin Fields, and uh, we we mentioned this. We we did a, a mock draft on our podcast this last week, and um, I, I said then for me, Justin Fields is the third best overall prospect in this entire draft class, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And it's a quarterback heavy class, and people get into the the whys and why nots of why a quarterback is a good prospect compared to the NFL compared to what they did in college football and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you can't escape what Mac Jones has done this year for Alabama. It's been a fantastic achievement. He's, he's driven that team, surrounded by a, a you know, very good sporting cast. And again, we mentioned it. He could, he could legitimately make a case for seven Alabama players in the first round of the NFL draft if you if you were so inclined and the board fell that yeah. way. But, for Justin Fields, for me, is it's just it's just that much better a, a prospect where the NFL draft is concerned, and 
I know Alex has got strong feelings on on various different quarterbacks and how he looks at quarterbacks and yeah. with regard to the draft versus college football. If he wants to jump in on yeah, that. Yeah, lay it on us, Alex. Yeah, so obviously I love college football. I love the stories that are told within college football. And I feel like some quarterbacks, they get lost in this process because they're not going to be NFL starters. I look at someone like Ian Book at, mm-hmm. at Notre Dame and we have a, a thing about Notre Dame on the podcast. I mean, I don't like them because I think the brown pants that they wear and their uniforms are absolutely atrocious. Um, and I just they just make them impossible for me to watch. But right. Ian Book is going to not going to probably be drafted and it's going to dent his story that he will have told for his college career. And it shouldn't do. Yeah. Because he's had a great college career to take Notre Dame to the to the final four, yeah, is a is a great achievement, you know, to lead that team to be really the most successful that they've been in the last sort of six, seven years is a great achievement. Right. But it's gonna get lost because he's not Trevor Lawrence, he's not Justin Fields. So, you know, I'm I'm big and you know, my NFL draft philosophy with quarterbacks is can this guy win me a Super Bowl? If he can't, he's undraftable. Oh, wow. I don't ever want you to set any kind of standards or bar of measurement for me because I, I, I know that I will not meet them. <laughs> no, I, know, way, I know you guys have uh, been doing the podcast for two years. So obviously half of that was within this global pandemic we're all going through. But have you guys ever had a chance to come over and go to a college game in person? Yes, I've been I've been to a few, and, and that, that's how I kind of got into uh, college football properly. If, if I'm perfectly honest, I, I, I've been across uh, I think three times. Uh, the the last the last time there, which was just before the pandemic, nothing to do with me. But um, I came across and I was in Alabama for the LSU game, um, which was cool. just quite good one. The most Wait, 2019. Yeah, George. I just oh we got we can't say that. That's I forgot about that word. <laughs> Um, and 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 actually, I was, I was in I was in Alabama, I was in Tuscaloosa in 2015, and that was when I that's when I really just started getting properly into the SEC because the SEC is my thing. Um, and um, I've, tried, I've been to I've been to Oxford to see a game. I, I, I love Oxford; it's a brilliant town. Um, I you know, travelled round about the south, and um, but I've done a bit up north as well. I went to Michigan game. Uh, went to Minnesota, stuff like that. I mean, just as Ollie says, once you get your head wrapped around why there's a hundred thousand people in the stadium, it's brilliant. That you know yeah. the, the the culture, the history, everything about it is just uh, it's just 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 incredible. I, I, I love yeah. it. And if I could get on a plane now, I would I would be on a plane now, but but I can't. Is so follow up to that, and this is like something. I just wonder, as like like again, like I, everyone here knows that I grew up like a diehard Bama fan, and I remember going to games. Like I, I told this story yesterday to our dog walking crew, which is all like very successful people that don't live and die with third downs on fall Saturdays. Like I do. So they were like, they thought I was crazy when I said this, but I was like, I remember going to Tuscaloosa for games and bear Bryant's voice would come over like the loudspeaker and there'd be like grown men that would take their hats off. And I was like, even at a, as a kid, I was like, that's a bit much. So <laughs> like, like what, how do you guys explain this <laughs> to people back home and be like, listen, you thought these guys were fucking crazy with the politics. Let me explain to you what they think about with sports. <laughs> well, well, you see, I, I, I come from Glasgow, right? And I don't, yeah. I don't know how much you know about soccer, right? But but Glasgow uh, gave birth to the most incredible 
derby game in, in the world, right? Rangers Celtic. So I, I grew grew up watching, and you know, I, and you know, parents wouldn't allow me to go to these games when you were when you were young because you just didn't go near these games. And then eventually, you get to go to these games, and you're just ingrained in this incredible tribal atmosphere that goes on. Now, there's a lot there's a lot of trouble and nonsense that goes behind it. We'll not go into that just now, but the actual atmosphere is great. So, so I compare it to that. But I mean, I have to say, I mean, as you know, you only give the tourists the real nosebleed seats when yeah. they come across, right? We don't get any of the good stuff. Um, and uh, even sitting in the top tier in Bryant Denny for the Bryant Denny for that LSU game, we just like the hairs on the back of your neck just stand up. So I, I can I try try and explain it in the same way, but you know, as 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 uh, Ollie said, we have no comparison in this country. You know, Alex is involved in college sports. We have no comparison. You go to uni here, and you you know, I played in a uni soccer team, and you know, you go out on a Saturday, and there's like one man and a dog watching you play football. There, there, there's no concept of a hundred thousand people, and that's the bit that people can't get their head around. But that's the beauty of college football. That's what yeah. makes it special. Yeah, the only real danger you have in college football is a couple of fraternity guys named Jake and Chandler like threatening his, you know, have their dads suing each other or something like well, that. That's about the extent of it. Unless you're a tree. If, you, if you're a tree, you got some problems coming your way during the Iron Bowl. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, now, I know you guys follow the draft a lot, but on the flip side, do you guys follow recruiting at all? Like kids coming out of high school, going, picking the colleges? It's huge over here. So I don't know if, if you guys follow Tyler's that. I was really too. big into it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I must. I must admit, it's something that I do keep one, sort of one eye on a little bit. Um, and and again, it's that's just as as wild as the whole college football story itself. Because you, you know, you look at you look at some of these guys. Their their recruiting journey starts at like as as freshmen as sophomores in high school, and and that just you know it just blows people's mind and i was reading about um sorry writing about dylan moses the other um the other week and he had um office as an eighth grader yeah it's just it's just it's insane that you know the almost the pressure on these kids from such a young age as well um yeah the the recruiting process i'm in the middle of doing a series of interviews with nfl draft process uh, with um, nfl draft prospects and one of the the things that I like to talk about when I'm talking to the guys is their recruiting process and just how it like how it impacts them at such a young age and and the the very wide range of journeys that these kids have coming out of you know the arse end of nowhere. Some of these guys who are like two star recruits who are fantastic, but they come out of towns of 300 people and they just don't get that exposure to like I would say guys like Dylan Moses who have been exposed to it from such a young age it's it's just a, a an absolute just insane journey that some of the, these guys go on yeah it, it really is and one of the things around recruiting i wanted to ask you guys is kind of a fun question i'll, I'll start with alex um if you were a five-star recruit you basically had your choice of any school in the country you could go to <laughs> so when you're a recruit you get five official visits where you get you get to visit the, the school paid for by the school you get to basically wine and dine if they could drink alcohol, I guess. Um, no, they don't drink on those trips. Yeah, If you had five schools that you could say, hey, these would be the five schools I'd take my official visits to, what would they be? I'm interested to hear what your, your thoughts are on that. Oh, I'll tell you this right now, Tyler. So the first one, um, I'm going to College Station to Texas A&M because wow. I'm going to find the most public square. I'm going to piss <laughs> on it. <laughs> He's a big Texas guy. I meant to say that earlier. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, 
then, you know, I'm probably going to head to Ole Miss. Just, um, you know, we know what happens there on recruiting visits. Um, <laughs> then I'm going to head to Tennessee because I need some cash. There you go. Um, so thought this through. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, and then, you know, just going to go to Texas and shut my recruiting off. There you go. What about you, Ollie? So I'm a Boston College fan, so I'll have to take a trip to, to BC for a start. Okay. Beautiful in fall there, uh, up at Chestnut Hill. I would um, – I'd like to think I'd be academically exposed and be able to take a trip somewhere like Northwestern. But they, I don't even think they'd have me anywhere near the campus, to be honest with you. Let alone, like, if you're a five star, they would definitely have you on campus <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Northwestern. <laughs> trust me. They, they, yeah. <laughs> so, what have we got? So, we've got BC, Northwestern. I mean, I'd like to think that I could get into Alabama as a five star recruit. I mean, at one point, maybe as a skinny wide receiver, but at the moment, I've probably a timber on. So, I'd be a defensive tackle prospect there, <laughs> coming in and replace Christian Barmore. There you uh, go. And then get, hit up the West Coast as well. Take in somewhere like Stanford. We're getting back to academics again. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've heard Florida State's pretty good for partying, so it'd be rude not to, to take a there little trip down there. There you go. That's what, George, I what about you? And it better not be academic-based. Hey, what, what is me that these guys have thought so much about this, right? I mean, Alex has clearly put in hours of thinking that he's just sat there going, right, where am I going to start? But, <laughs> That's um, good. Well, 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 firstly, as I said, not for the first time in this po- podcast, I'm Scottish, so it's cold. It's snowing out there right this very second, so oh, I get oh. as far away from the cold and the snow as I can. So I'm going west coast, and I'm going uh, Stanford, um, uh, USC, uh, uh, UNLV, uh, San Diego State, and then probably, I think I think New Mexico State is probably quite warm as well, but I thought, right, so I'm just going to go do that whole thing and spend a week just in the sunshine. That, that works for me too. Perfectly. Okay, hold on. You know what I just thought of? Because I've, I've thought about this my, like, you know, for a long time, like my entire life. Like, oh, you know, where would you, because, and mainly out of the, the concept of how come no one, if you're a five-star, goes to fucking Hawaii? Because, like, a free trip to Hawaii, but you just brought up a really good point, and I know that you're, you'd be underage, but, like, would you? So like maybe you take the JUCO route and then you're 21 and spend the same amount of years in college that I spent. But like if you go to UNLV, you get a free trip to Vegas. Like that's that's genius, George. Can I can I, can I just say though, it, my, my introduction to to college in the states was UNLV because one of my best pals uh, is from what was from Las Vegas. So my introduction, the first time I touched down in the United States, yeah, was it was at McCarran International Airport with the you know with the slot machines going <laughs> in the background and all that kind of stuff. So so up on Maryland Parkway and Miss McGillicuddy's pub and all that kind of stuff. I, I love UNLV. It's brilliant. The, the, the crazy thing was all the years I was there, I never went to a college football game, but um, I, I am going to go back um, and do it properly. But yeah, UNLV holds a very a very special place in my heart. Yeah, I just, you know, honestly, I heard slot machines and my nipples got harder than a ninth grade algebra test because I just, I mean, like I, I went for my bachelor party, but it was like two years ago because we haven't been able to get married yet because the fucking pandemic. So it's like, I, I feel like I need to go back. So listen, we know you guys got to get out of here. Always got another interview. It's also in the middle of the night. Shout out Billy Joel. Um, so I, we just have one, like, one more round of questions for both of you and or for both of you, for all three of you. It's two questions apiece. Um, what is your, what is your bucket list rivalry game to go to that you haven't been to already? Like we already know George jinxed Bama. I thought it was when he came, but it was obviously George. Uh, for that game but then and also what is your favorite booze of choice for 
for tailgating. So we can start with whoever, but but uh, bucket list, rivalry game, and booze of choice for Saturdays. Well, you know, I would love to go to Texas versus Texas A&M, but Texas A&M won't fucking play us. So uh, that one's off the table. Um, <laughs> so, you know, probably probably Michigan, Ohio State, actually, okay. to go up to the horseshoe and see it completely full or the big house yep. again, see it completely full. Um, probably the big house because it'd be fun to see all the Michigan fans get their hopes up just to have their dreams every year. absolutely every year, shredded. Man. Death, taxes and that. Um so yeah, that's probably that's probably where I'm heading. And you know, give me give me an IPA of some sort, you know, relatively strong. And they've got to hold up the reputation that our country has as a nation of binge drinkers. So uh, you know, good. just got to get absolutely and, uh, wasted. And Alex, Alex, is a, Alex is a fine craft beer maestro. So if you need to know anything about craft beer, he's your man. I don't. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's good. I, I'm drinking a Yingling, but that's. <laughs> I mean, you're a bit, you're a better man than me, Alex. I think we all knew that already. I just can't, I'm I'm such a, a a b word when it comes to drinking. So anyway, all right, George, what about, what about you? Um, so I'm going to torn. Uh, I'd love to see the white out. Uh, really, yeah. I think I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, but I'd also like to see the reverse of the game that I saw uh, last uh, last November. I'd, I'd like to see uh, Bama, LSU, and Tiger Stadium. Uh, I'd like to see Tiger Stadium at night. I, th- I hear that it's meant to be pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah I'd, l- I'd love to do that. That'd be that kind of cool. Um, uh, my drinking choice would be um, a, a, a very nice uh, rum. I think um, I, uh, I I was in Belfast uh, a year or so ago, and I had a fantastic Venezuelan rum. Didn't even know they made rum in Venezuela. Oh yeah. Um, so I would uh, I would uh, I would I'd be smashed into that. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Ali, you're up. I swear to God, if you say anything about Northwestern, uh, we will cut this podcast short, like right fucking now. But go ahead. Right, Northwestern even have a fucking rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I, I'm completely... I'll say two because, you know, you guys are SEC focused. Yeah. So I, let's say I, I'd love to go to the um, the, the Air Corps. I'd love to watch Ole, Ole Miss and, uh, and Mississippi State. That, that oh. game... Be, that would be great but I, I i have been for as long as i've been a college football fan i've been obsessed with the red river rivalry yeah uh, mm-hmm. so to to get to that game would be would be incredible um just just the whole this the spectacle of it all i think for me that just encapsulates what college football is all about in, in many respects um and then drink wise just anything i can get my hands on really I'm not, <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not a fussy man um, i'm partial to a gin or a whole bottle of gin at a time, but uh, <laughs> just just anything I can get my hands on. Really, there you go. I think that that, that Red River Shootout is is such a Red River rivalry, whatever we're allowed to call it nowadays. But I, I think that that's such a good one. That's always been you know the top of my list, not just the blow smoke up Alex's ass, but like I, I've always wanted to go to that game, mainly because the carnival food. I mean, like the amount of corn dogs you could take in, and also good football is, is fantastic. So, guys, um, tell our, our all of our listeners. Uh, it's just mainly our families right now, but like you know, tell them. <laughs> where they can find you uh, and all that good stuff on social media. And, um, and, and we appreciate it. Alex, you're a social media guru. You go for it. Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at the college chaps uh, is our, our handles. Uh, our links are on there, but you can search us. We're on Apple or on Spotify. Um, we're on loads of the ones that I'm not sure anyone actually downloads and listens to their podcasts on. And if you've got an Android phone, then I, I have no idea how they work. Just go and get an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's yeah. great. 
There you go. And, and endorsing Apple. I don't know if you like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> Guys, we appreciate it. Hopefully we do this again sometime soon during the season. Y'all have a great rest of your night um, <laughs> and get some shut-eye. We'll, we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.